0: Do you have the rest of that video? Okay. No, okay. Gabriel visits Mary. In the midst of what's going on biblically right now, in Mary's day, it is not okay to follow the God of the Old Testament. It's, very exception, it's exceptionally violent. If you didn't follow the 600 and some laws. And you weren't of a hierarchy of uh, followers. What happens is you were looked down upon. Let alone something that we're going to talk about that happens when Gabriel comes. And tells Mary that she's going to be a mom. See, the announcements happen in the New Testament, and you cannot talk about, in my opinion, you cannot talk about, based in Scripture, you cannot talk about the announcement to Mary about Jesus being born without talking about Gabriel's previous announcement to Zechariah and John the Baptist being born. Um, We're going to be in Luke chapter 1 today, and we're going to start in verse 5. There is... uh, We're going to try something a little bit different this morning. So when you see something on the screen that's bolded and underlined, you are not going to get tested on whether or not you actually underlined that. I just underlined some main points uh, as I was going through uh, my Bible and and my my studying. I just put some of those down. If you remember last week, we were in Isaiah chapter 9. And Isaiah chapter 9 was the prophecy 700 years prior to Christ being born. Isaiah, among other men, other prophets proclaims a prophecy that the Savior of the world was going to come into a land that was having war set upon it. The Assyrians were coming into northern, uh, just above the the Sea of Galilee in the northern part of Israel, and they were attacking the tribes of Israel. And and Isaiah speaks to that, and he says, it's going to be dark just for a little while, and then I'm going to send a light. The light was capital L, light. He was going to send, God was going to send Jesus. and, And Isaiah was proclaiming, the coming Messiah. We are going to go through a little bit of scripture today, and by a little bit, I mean a lot more than normal. Okay, but it's it's a story. It's it's wonderfully, wonderfully written by Luke. And if you if you have been, I brought this Bible on purpose because it reminded me of the study that we did in in Luke, and I have I have notes. But I tell you what, when I came back and was studying with this Bible and a couple other ones that I use. Uh, the next time that you go over and the next time that you go over and the next time you go over, if you kind of jot some ideas down, the story comes to life even more. Because there's application that I've written down here that that spoke to me uh, about this. And if you don't know anything about the book of Luke, it's the Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's the third gospel in the New Testament. Um, Luke was a physician slash doctor slash if he's none of these things, he's exceptionally CDO. And that's OCD, but he just put the letters in alphabetical order like they should be. Come on, see Luke. Luke was incredibly detail-driven. If you read in in uh, Luke one four, uh, he's talking to Theophilus, probably his his uh, his partner that that funded Luke's journey to go t- interview all these people. Uh, by the time that Luke would have interviewed Mary, the story in Luke two that we get of of the birth of Jesus. Um, Joseph by all recollection of history. Is probably already dead. Uh, the, the book of Luke is completed 29 years. After the crucifixion of Christ. So it's close. Now Luke was interviewing the shepherds. That's why, that's why Luke 2. Is, is the go to book. To look at the birth of Jesus. Because this OCD guy. This physician. This uh, important to detail. He even writes. To Theophilus and he, in the verse, verse four and he says i 'm writing to you so that you may know I talk to these people. Can you imagine Can you imagine talking with with some of these people about angels appearing, shepherds coming this this is this story uh, last week we talked about prophecy, and now we see uh, I was talking this about uh, in in our d group meeting yesterday that Most of the time, our our daily Bible reading will go Old Testament, a prophet um, in the Old Testament that you read from, a gospel, and a letter, usually. That's the way that it goes um, with with our reading plan. But when you start reading the Old Testament with the New Testament, what you see is this. They they fit together like the greatest puzzle you've ever seen. Why did he talk about this? Oh, it's answered. Why did this, and why did this? Luke, um, if Luke had been writing something that was false... This is only 29 years removed. Okay, people would have been all together happy, happy, happy to say, "No, it didn't happen like this." But we're see we've seen that his gospel not only has lasted this long, but that it is still the word of God and is still true. Um, if you would look with me in Luke chapter one, uh, starting in verse five, I'm gonna kind of just we're gonna do a little bit different uh, sermon today, but. In verse 5, look at this. When Herod was king of Judea. Now, this is a big deal. Underline the word Herod if you, if you want to underline it. Um, it says, Herod was a Jew that served Romans. Okay? Now, this is an issue. This is a big issue. Okay? The Romans were in control of the Jewish people. They owned their... They, they, they paid taxes to the Romans. So, but Herod was a Jew that served the Romans. This is a fact. Now, why, why do we look at Luke 1 and look at the word Herod and look at the, the king? Why is it a big deal? Over the last week, we've seen the funeral on TV, if you've noticed, or it's been on the news, of our 41st president of the United States, the older George H.W. Bush, right? Okay. If I ask you on a piece of paper... To Write down the years that he was president i 'm not going to it 's not a test. Stop using Google right now okay so if, I gave you, if you if I gave you a piece of paper, the thing is this: you could write down if you, you could google, you could find out the years that he was president, and this is a big deal because it means that that 's when he was president it It labels him in history at a time. Herod secularly can be looked up in secular history, not the Bible. You can look him up in secular history, and it dates when he was king. So Herod was the king of Judea. There was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah. Isn't that, isn't that a cool word? If you guys are going to have kids or grandkids, talk to your kids or or or, or your mate or something. Abijah would be like a, just a cool name. Maybe not. Okay. I thought it was. Uh, He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. That's definitely important because Zechariah was a priest. In the twelve tribes of Israel the priest only came from the tribe of Levi. That's it. That's that's where they came from. You look in Joshua and the the guys that took the, the Ark of the Covenant across the high priest, they were from Levi. They were from the tribe of Levi. This is important. So it labels these guys who they are. Uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. Were they rule followers? Yeah. They, they followed the rules that they knew. Okay, remember this is pre this is pre Jesus still. And in verse 7, we see we see a heart of the matter in somebody. Now I want I, I want you to pay attention. We see Something that is very difficult to go through right after we see what kind of people they are. This is, this is giantly important. Did Zechariah and Elizabeth, according to Luke, according to the people that he interviewed, if he didn't interview these two, were they righteous? Yes. Zechariah is a high. He's a priest. We're going to see he gets to go to a place in a second that nobody just can just walk into. So these people are doing exactly what God wants them to do yet. Verse 7, they have no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. Now we think these things. Now when when we're going through things like this, we think we're the only ones that are going through this, don't we? God, I'm trying to do what you want me to do. And all, all, all I see is stuff that's hard to do. I can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do this. We can't have this. Whatever we're doing. But right here, Zechariah and Elizabeth, um, we we find out in a little bit in Scripture that we have just met the righteous, God-fearing parents of John the Baptist. It's highly, highly, highly important. Um, Elizabeth, um, with any study at all, Elizabeth is is Mary's cousin, um, so that Jesus and John the Baptist would kind of be second cousins via the Holy Spirit. I'm not I'm really; they're not they're not technically blood, but they're still related. Okay, um, but we are told that these these two people, Zechariah and Elizabeth, their faith has even been recorded. Would you like Would you like someone to write this about you and your wife, or your husband, or your or just you that you were righteous in God's eyes? Do you know what kind of what people would have to say to Luke if he didn't talk to them? about what it meant to be righteous? Ooh, what kind of life that is? Do you know, you know anybody that you think that like, they walk by you and you think like just in their daily walk that you just think that they sweat Jesus? Do you, do you know any of these people? It's like you're around them and they are like, oh, like, oh yeah, God wanted me to do this. And, I, and they just feel like they have all this faith and they have all this stuff that's bigger than you. I said, that's, that's the way they were talking about these people. Look at verse 8. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple. For his order was on duty that week. Okay, so we see he's at his job, and they, they would do weekly. They would do weekly switches. He would go to the temple and work for a week, and take some time off, and come back and work for a week. Um, pretty good schedule, I guess. But uh, keep in mind, if if a, if a priest went in to offer a sacrifice to God and it wasn't acceptable, what happened? Dead. Death happened. Okay, so so yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good it's a pretty good gig, right? You got you know a week on week off, pretty good. Keep in mind the, the dangerousness of this job, uh, the the up the high level that these people were expected to live at. But Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was duty uh, was on duty that week, as was the custom of the priests. He was chosen by lot, That's no more than a dice. Okay, they cast lots for Jesus' garments at his crucifixion. More than it's just more like a, a dice a die, whatever, it probably wasn't a six-sided one, uh, but to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. Now, do you see how popular this job is? <laughs> what did they do to decide who went in? They drew straws, didn't they? I mean, they rolled dice. Like, oh, I don't want to, oh yeah, snake eyes, sweet. Highest score goes. I just got double ones, all right. I mean, this is a big deal. But it was also an honor. So he enters, in, in verse 9, he enters... Uh, and he was, to burn incense was no more than an offering to God. In verse 10, it says this. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. Zechariah was in, in, the, in the temple, in a, in a holy place, offering a burnt offering to God. The people were not just praying for Zechariah to live. That's not the way they would have prayed. They would have prayed uh, for that offering, for it to be a pleasing aroma. We see those words in Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, that it would be a a sweet-smelling offering to God, that he would accept it for the forgiveness of the sin. That's what he was doing. (laughs) But look at this. This just caught me. A great crowd stood outside praying. What were they doing? Each of them were probably huddled outside the room that he was in, and they were all joined together in prayer for him it's a huge deal this is this is this is having having people that 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 love you and are praying for you. Look at verse eleven We get into the, the kind of the comedy side of this um, ladies if you're if you're if if you want this to happen to your husband um I don't know. Just don't, don't, don't pray for this to happen because it wouldn't be fun. I don't think. But while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Okay, so Zechariah is in the sanctuary. Okay, so he's basically in a room that was like this. It was probably smaller than this, but he was he was burning the incense. Okay, he was he was preparing an offering. Now you have to understand that his blood pressure going into this room every single time was high because it was dangerous. Now all of a sudden he looks up and what does he see? <laughs> An angel. All right? So we you can get into we do not have time today but you can get into studying about angels and you can find that there are there are warrior angels there are there are protective angels. There are all kinds of angels, by the way. I love the necklaces that say guardian angel. Uh, I can show you in scripture, it says that you not only have guardian angel, you have angels watching out for you. Um, with w- You have no idea how we are being protected from evil. Have, we have no idea. If we could see with goggles that way. Now, I want to I say something really quick. If you go in and theologically study angels, this is what you're going to find. This is what you will not find. You ready? Angels do not sit on clouds, they do not wear diapers, they do not carry a bow and arrow with a heart broadhead. Okay? It would be more like they carry a broadhead, like for deer. Okay? These guys are bad, and I mean bad like this. These are warriors. Now keep in mind, these are immortal. Warriors. Like, it's not, some of you are going, Oh, it's like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Le, if you like Lord of the Rings, th- these guys are like Legolas. Does anybody know who Legolas is? Okay, there's three of us. We need to get together and watch Lord of the Rings together. It'd be great. Okay, Legolas is this, he's an elf, but he's like super speed and he has a bow and he can shoot a bow like this fat. Okay, that's what we're talking about. It just gives us some imagery here, okay? But every time that we, we see angels in the Bible, most of the time, they scare the snot out of people. Now think about this. This is a being that's coming from... This is not a demon. This is, a, this is an angelic being that was created in heaven. Is coming to this earth. And all of a sudden, Zechariah's blood pressure is rising because he's given this in, incense offering. And he's like, okay, I wonder if he's going to accept it. And it's taking a little bit longer than it. Holy cow there, what are you? Nowhere in the Bible are we mentioned. is it mentioned that you can theologically study that there are angels that are small. Okay, they they're they're they if these guys are warrior angels, I'm going to tell you something. Has anybody seen the movie 300? Yeah, when the guys are all like ripped out of their minds. Okay, let's just imagine one of those guys about eight or nine foot tall. Scared wouldn't even be in my vocabulary. Looking at this guy, can you imagine looking at this guy just like this? It's just war. Gabriel is no joke. Okay, he he is he is one of the. Highest angels. Now look at this. An angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar. <laughs> look at verse 12. Shocker. Look at look what it, Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed. You think? You think? Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. Why? Zechariah is an older person. He's seen many people. Has he ever seen anything like this? No. Not not even close. So we, we see this huge presence. He was shaken. You ever been so scared that you shook? Keep in mind. Keep in mind. Zechariah has never been dead. And he's never been killed. He doesn't know how this works. And all of a sudden, Gabriel shows up. And he's standing at the right of the altar. Can you imagine? Like, Oh, this is it. I'm out of here. He's going to kill me. And... Almost every single time you hear Can you imagine being Luke and interviewing Zechariah? Dude, what did you think? Man, Whoa. he was huge. <laughs> he was big. I was terrified. I thought I was going to die. But the angel said, often as the case, hey, 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 Don't be afraid. Angel later comes to the shepherds. What do they say? Angel, the shepherds, are, <gasps> what do they say? Peace. Chill. Yeah, that's that's a 2018 word. That's probably what that said. Chill. It's a common and it's shaken and overwhelmed with fear is a common occurrence in scripture when people see angels. Duh, (laughs) right? Terrified is probably a better word. But the angel said, "Don't be afraid." The common response of the angels, Zechariah: "God has heard your prayer." Whoa, time out this this suddenly this suddenly completely switches the other way. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. Okay, Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth could not have kids. He's burning incense, doing his job, a righteous person, continuing to serve God, even though his prayers for a child had never been answered. He kept on doing. He kept on going. And the angel, Gabriel, says, your wife Elizabeth will give you a son and you are to name him John. Do you see how specific this is? Later we learn that this is not customary. Zechariah would have never named him John because there was no John in their family. If you know somebody that's a, a, a second or a third or a junior or a fourth or a fifth, and the name has been carried on, that's what they did. If he had, you know, he could be in Zechariah the second. have been something like that. In verse fourteen, you will have great joy. Wow! You go from like literally flipping your lid to whoa, this guy's this guy's this guy's talking about something that I've been praying for. He know he knows he knows what I've been praying. Now watch this. God heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son. You're to name him John. Verse 14. You will have great joy and gladness, and many people will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you like for an angel to come and say, "Let me just tell you about your kid. He's going to be awesome." Isn't it good? as a parent or having, having nieces and nephews or just around kids and, and someone else outside of your family comes up to you at a store and say, and say, your kids are really well behaved. Does that feel good? Some of you are like, it's never happened. Okay, just give him a chance. Okay, it will. So so, so the, the, this angel gives him, a, he, he tells him his name. Look how, look how much choice Zechariah has in this. This much. This much. Because what we're seeing is the unveiling of the prophecy of Isaiah coming true that there was going to be a way in the wilderness a way out of the darkness a way is going to come before the way the little capital the, the 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 little w comes before the big w way that's jesus but john the baptist is coming to prepare that way so he says this for he will be great in the eyes of the lord to a pair of righteous parents what do you think goes through their head yes yes he gives him instructions. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. You can see this. Now you get into you get into a deep a deep side thing here. But here, here's the thing. There's a lot of people that understand and, and believe because you can read uh, whenever whenever Elizabeth goes to talk with or with Mary goes to talk to Elizabeth and it says that when Jesus in Mary came in the room that John the Baptist leaped inside of Elizabeth's womb and was filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you explain that? Nope. (laughs) Mm -mm. But he had no choice. Listen, before his birth, his life is already prophesied about. It was God's plan. And the point of the matter is today, you can't stop it. You can't can't stop it. But the way that you react to hearing that news is very, very, very important. We're going to compare Zechariah to Mary in just a second and see. Look at verse 16. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. In a time in history. Where it was exceptionally violent. And many people were, were, were going away from the faith. This is a promise of revival. Now what. This angel is talking to Zechariah. And he goes Your kid. <laughs> Your kid. Is going to be like, verse 17, he will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. If you don't know anything about Elijah, Elijah stood up on Mount Carmel against the prophets of Baal, the false prophets. And, and, and Elijah, he, he would water down his, his offering and they, they would put accelerant on theirs and he would say, Call down fire from, from your God. And, and he, Elijah was exceptionally sarcastic. If you read that story, if you've ever read that story, there's no way that Elijah's not sarcastic, because when the people were asking their God to bring down fire, Elijah literally says, "Scream louder, he can't hear you. Maybe he's in the bathroom. This is in the Bible. People think the Bible is not funny. There's no way. Elijah just talks smack all day, He goes, "Maybe he's in the bathroom. Maybe your God's in the bathroom." And Elijah, and Elijah asks God for fire and fire rains down and burns up the rocks. See, Elijah is an all-star. Elijah also has never had an earthly death yet. If if he's if he's one of the two witnesses in Revelation that comes back at the end times and he is killed here but he was taken chariots a fire and a whirlwind to heaven. He has never carnally mortally died. This guy, this guy, this, this is this is a promise in in sports land. If you're a football fan, it would be like your kids are running back and 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 this guy comes up to you and he says, you're going to have a kid and he's going to be better than Barry Sanders. He's going to be better than Walter Payton. He's going to be better than Emmett Smith. Now, and, it's, and it doesn't even touch the level that Elijah was on. But he says this, he will prepare, look at this. <clears throat> he, he will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of their fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. What was Zechariah doing? He was a priest. What was his job? To offer sacrifices and also to live a holy life. What this angel has has just told him is he goes, your son is going to be an unbelievable missionary to a lost world. How would this have filled Zechariah's heart? Huge. Huge. Now this is important. We have to look at this. 2 Kings 2.11 is where you can find that, that Elijah was taken in chariots of fire and a whirlwind to heaven. But look at verse 18. So Zechariah has now is going, he's going to, there you go, this is some of the underlying stuff. Now he's going to respond. Okay, he has sat there, he has listened, he is maybe beginning to drop blood pressure back to normal levels, but there's still an angel standing right in front of him. <laughs> okay, and look what he says How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, my wife is also well along in years. Now st- wait. Just based on physical anatomy and science, he said, I'm, I'm an older. If his wife was old enough to go, through, to go through the change in life for women, she could not become pregnant anymore. But here's the deal. It happened because it wasn't humanly possible. If You, you cannot stop God's will from happening. It can't, you can't do it. So how how I mean, think about this. We'll talk to, we can talk to some of uh, some of our uh, couples in here that have married, been married a very long time, and maybe maybe they've had uh, surgery, or maybe they've just gone through the change in life. And I can come up to them, and I mean some of some of you now don't want to talk to me. and say, like, Hey, you guys are going to have a kid. <laughs> Pass out, okay? Right? <sighs> Matt, that's not even funny. Okay, listen, I'm an old. He, he said, I'm an old man. Hey, look how he answers it. How can I be sure this will happen? This is a priest. This is a guy that has the faith and his duty is to go into the presence of God and offer a sacrifice. Step back and say, oh, I hope this is pleasing because I'm not going to make it home if it's not. His faith would have been out of this world. He followed God. He's called righteous in scripture. Yet he has a question how can I be sure this will happen? Has God ever told you something and you didn't think it was possible? <laughs> Matt, you will never, you, you, you'll, you'll be able by the help of people that I have created to be your friend and to be in your path in this life. You and my Holy Spirit, you and those people, you and those people in the Holy Spirit will be able to get you through this stuff and you can't see the end right now. I said, God, there's no way. There's no way that you can use me. There's no, there's no way. There's no way. this this he's saying the same thing there's no there's no way. You can, can you imagine him trying to explain this to Gabriel? Okay, you're not human. Um how do I put this? Um my wife really can't have kids anymore. Now, you in this time you were looked down upon because you didn't because remember this is pre-Jesus, these still these people still had an Old Testament mind that they would say, "Oh, God has cursed you. You can't have kids. That's not the point. That's not, that's not the thing. That, that's, not, that's not right. But when God says something's going to happen through a messenger or himself, it's going to happen. So he answers the question, or he asks it, how can I be sure? Do, do you not want to be sure? How about this? You sell me your vehicle for $20,000. And some of you are like, oh, I can sell it. No. Say, if it was actually worth $20,000, and you, and you say, say, all right. And I say this. I'll write you a check. Jeff Foxworthy says, Oh, I thought you needed money. I'll write you a check, right? <laughs> You'd have to go to the bank and make sure that that check cash, right? Or, or would you just keep it? Just keep it in your wallet for a rainy day? No. You would check it out. You want to have it in hand, right? You want to have it in hand. All of these, all of these online rummage sale sites... We sold some stuff and almost every single time the person asks, this, hey, can I look at that? Sure. Why? Because they want to put it in their hands. I want to say, okay, he said no stains. He says from a smoke-free home, he said there was no pets. I smell cocker spaniel, right? <laughs> right? So, we have, so he, he, he said, how can this be? I, I, want, I want proof. I want you to just show me. He gets one chance and he answered Wrong dead wrong look at verse 19 then the angel said look at look there's an exclamation point and he is he is talking with authority he is appointed by god this is a created being he's appointed to bring good news and if anybody disagrees he talks to him sternly look i'm gabriel i stand in the very presence of god it was he god who sent me to bring this you this good news In a sense, he's going, I thought you'd be happy. You're having a kid and a son, and he's going to be as powerful as Elijah. Oh, no. But verse 20, but now, one chance, one, and he answered incorrectly, but now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. This is longer than nine months because he hasn't finished his week at the temple to go home and to be intimate with his wife, to even have a chance. Okay? Now watch. Nine months. Some of you, some of you women are going, please, Jesus, send this. No. <laughs> Do you know how bad it would be to not be able to talk for nine months? I'll show you something that's more difficult in Scripture right here. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. In verse 21, look at this. He goes on. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. Wouldn't you? I mean, if you had a chance to talk to an angel, would you? So, what is this whole crystal sea business? Like, what? what, You look cool. I mean, you're like, wow. Questions, but can you imagine the 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 talking and his his intrigue with these people and this angel? So, in verse twenty-two, he can't talk. Don't pray this on your husband. It's not funny, (laughs) but look, it's the consequence for not believing what God has said. It's very real. When he finally came out, he couldn't speak to them. He, then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he, he returned home. Now, wa- watch. You be Zechariah. You actually have seen an angel. You've seen an angel. You've been told that you're going to have a son that's more as powerful as Elijah, and you can't talk. This is the ultimate game of charades. anybody ever played charades? Zechariah walks up. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? He ha- he has to try to explain without being able to talk that he saw Gabriel. He's gonna have a son, and he's gonna be as powerful as Elijah. So in verse 24, we see that it's actually a little bit longer than nine months that, uh, that he can't talk. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant. Look, shocker, guess what? God's message to the angel was right. Who would have thunk it? And she went into seclusion for five months. Now look at her attitude. Look at Elizabeth. How kind the Lord is, she explained. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. This was an exceptionally looked down upon thing if you couldn't have kids in biblical times. They thought it was, it was a cursing. This is pre-Jesus, okay? They thought, they thought it, was, it was bad. Look at, look at the first blank in your worship handout. The angel Gabriel was declaring what God was going to do. John would be the one preparing the way for the one. So we see, we see the, the, uh, the reaction of Zechariah is no how can we do that it's, it, he questioned the angel it's a, it's a big deal because there's two different looks at this right here the angels come and they announce first of all that would just be wild cool would it not it would scare me to death but that would be cool You see an angel look at Luke one twenty six. in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy so she's come back to her house Maybe it took the first five months to get a little bump, and now she's back at her house, and I can't imagine how she's showing off. Remember, this is a lady that could never conceive a child, and she's <laughs> she's walking around. In the sixth month, this is huge. So, literally, John the Baptist is six months older than his second cousin-ish, Jesus. Okay. God sent the angel Gabriel again to Nazareth. Now, Nazareth is a huge, booming metropolis of a town. It's a village in Galilee, population between 50 and 100. Does anybody know where Belmont, Illinois is? Yeah. In between Albion and Mount Carmel, there's a giant town of Belmont. Uh, If you go north of Albion, I'm from the land of small towns over there. So if you go north of Albion, you go through a town that you literally, if you blink, it's gone. Has anybody ever been to the metropolis of Samsville on route right on one thirty? Yeah, it's not even there. Right? Has anybody been to the to um to a place north of Robinson in the middle? Literally, it's on a on a paved road in the middle of corn. The, the husband has since passed, but it's it's called Moonshine. It's a Moonshine Store. You can get Moonburgers. Anybody been there? Oh man, we need to take a church trip. Okay, it's awesome. It's fantastic. It has, they have a sign on their, on their porch. It says, when we lived there and before he passed away, it said, moonshine, population three. It was him and his wife and their dog. Okay, that's all, it's the people that live there. So what he's talking about, he, he comes, back, it comes back to looking at what Isaiah said. that It was going to come, that the savior of the world was going to come from a common place. And he's coming out of it. And you know what the odds of a, a professional athlete coming out of a small town is? It's not very high because they don't have a lot of the camps. They don't have a lot of stuff of the big cities. Why does God choose Nazareth? Why does God choose it? Because it was common. It was even below common. It was an unassuming town. Verse 27 Gabriel appears to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. <laughs> you wait a minute. Do you see this? The son of God, the Messiah man in flesh was going to come from the throne in the line of David. Whoops. Who was Mary? Engaged to a man named Joseph that was who? In the line of King David. In the line of Jesus, do you know that there's a prostitute? Matthew, first chapter. The, The begat chapter. You know, beget some, beget, there's the dads and dads, dads. You know, did you know that you can go back there and in Joshua's time? You can find a little bitty five letter word that says Rahab. That God changed her life because she was obedient and hid spies. In the line of David, there's Joseph. Verse 28 Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. He tries a different approach. Hey, 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 don't be scared. Does it work? No, look at 29. She's confused and disturbed. <laughs> Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. In verse 30. We hear, we start to see some of the explanation of how this probably 14 to 15 year old girl is going to be the earthly mother of the savior of the world. You talk about unassuming. First of all, women in this time were not of importance. Look at this. Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll name him Jesus. Look at the instruction. You're going to be pregnant. You're going to have a boy. And here's his name. Look at how he describes this one. Look at verse 32. He will be very great. And he will be called the son of the most high God. There there is no comparison. There is no comparison to a human in this one. In the other one, Zechariah was promised that his son, John the Baptist, would be like Elijah. There is no human comparison to this guy. He says he will be very great. That he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. Matching up with prophecies. 33, he will reign over Israel. Look at this. Forever. You're not going to be a cool guy for 30 years and pass away. This son, this boy that's going to be born to you is going to reign over Israel forever and his kingdom, capital K, heaven, will never end. Explain that one to your mom and dad. Explain that one to your husband that, or his, his engaged, her engaged boyfriend that, that they haven't been intimate yet. Explain that. There's, there's 34. Mary asks a question just like Zechariah does, but watch. It's not with negativity. It's for information. Mary suggests a thought here. She asks the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. She's just giving a fact here. She's not doubting. She's just saying, hey, um, I don't know. Again, you're, you're, you're not human. You don't do these things, but this is a necessity. You have to do this to get This. In verse 35, the angel replied, look at this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Now, this is is important if you want to underline that, because the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. There is no human, there is no human interaction at all. It's important, because if it was with another human, it's just another human. And this is, this is where people can just blow up saying, oh, there's an angel and, and it's, it's this and it's, it's weird and all this stuff. But can I explain it? No, I don't know anybody that really can. I, I, I can't, okay? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the baby will be born, will be holy and he'll be called the Son of God. No human influence. It would be born perfect. In verse 36, what's more, He's talking to Mary. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. Can you imagine maybe how, how often, how many times Mary has prayed for Elizabeth? Elizabeth was much older than her. And they knew of pe- the way people would look at disgracefully against them. Do you, can you imagine? These are righteous, holy people. Gabriel says that. He, he proves that to us in Scripture. Can you imagine how we've prayed? How they've prayed for this? Can you imagine her relation? Your, your, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. <sighs> Gabriel was given her another fact to check. Hey, you know how hard it was? Because they have never conceived a baby. If you don't believe me, go check out Elizabeth. See what happens. I've already, been, I've already talked to her. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have messaging. They didn't have anything like this. And they lived a little ways apart. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. He gives her the time frame. See, see, you know, women carrying the babies like this. Oh, you got a little while. Some baby, some women are like, no, it's like next week, okay? And you know, some ladies get really, really big, and then some I've seen, I've seen, and listened to somebody makes some, him, hey, so any day now, and they're like, I have two more months. Like, Shh, be quiet, okay? But here, it's it's different because he says, look, go check it out in three months. She's already six months right now. Three months, she's going to have a baby. You imagine. Look at, verse, look at verse 37. And if you want to underline some things, here it is. For the word of God will never fail. Your love never fails. If God has something in his will to happen, you have no force to stop it. Zero. And some of you are saying... Is an angel going to appear in my living room today? The chances, probably not. I'm not going to put God in a box, but probably not. He has other ways of communicating with us. But when we, when we are looking at saying, man, do you think God is wanting me to do this? Or do you think God is wanting me to step down from this? Do you think God is wanting me to change this and do this and get a different job or do this and this and this? Listen, if you keep seeking him, you're going to find out because he'll never fail. He says, well, you go where I go, where I want you to go. And if you go there, you're never going to fail. Your love never fails. I'm always going to be with you. Look at how she responds. Test yourself if you respond like this. She's 14 or 15 years old. God says, you're going to have the son of God inside of you. And then you're going to give birth to him. And he's going to be perfect. He's going to be called the son of God. He is the Messiah. And she says this. I'm the Lord's servant. A priest couldn't even give this answer. And a 14 year old girl does. Look, that's important. The angel comes. Zechariah would have studied about angels. And he was in the the temple. And the angel freaked him out. And he says, you're going to do this. And he goes, no way. How can this be? Boom. You can't talk for nine months. Fourteen-year-old girl. She says this. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Do you see what kind of submission to God's will that is? Do you see what kind of... Person, age-wise, we're looking at here as opposed to a mature priest. Zechariah says, how can this be? And, and we, would, we would say the same thing. We would question the same thing. Mary, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything that you've just said to me come true. Can you imagine? Try to explain to your engaged person, partner, That you have been faithful to them. And you're pregnant. Go ahead. We don't know anything about. We have. This is the only. Ready? This is the only child ever in the history. To be a virgin born baby. And I'm not talking about artificial insemination. I'm talking about. The way that it works. (laughs) The way that it works. Is scientifically Impossible. It's it's impossible. You can't it cannot happen. And she takes this huge thing. Could she have possibly understood it all? No way. No way. But she says this. I know that God's love never fails. This is what she's saying in this. She's like, okay, I'll do it. Do you know the ridicule that Mary probably heard in her out of other people's mouths into her ears? You imagine what they called her? Look at the next blank in your worship handout. says, Isaiah's prophecy was becoming a reality. The Messiah was coming. He's getting closer. His birth has just been announced. His birth has been announced. His predecessor, the guy that was going to prepare the way, is coming. The Messiah, Isaiah's prophecy is coming. And then the last blank on the worship handout says this. Zechariah and Mary responded differently to the message of the angel. Here's something for us to think about. How do you respond when God speaks to you? so hard. There's no one in this room that has never doubted. And there's no one in this room that has hadn't, hasn't questioned what God was wanting you to do. But when is the last time that we sought after God in such a way that we were, that we were passionate, we were hungry for the, Him wanting to move, and we literally told God, Use me. We do this at Connection. Yesterday we showed up and there were people that met us at the primary center at 10 o'clock. And they said this, literally, just by showing up, use me, use my ability to walk, use the gas I took to get here, use my time, use my jacket, because we had a whole bunch of them on, because it was cold. Use my gloves, use anything that you have for me, I'll, be, I'll do whatever you want me to do. We showed up to Walmart, I had people coming up to me in, in our group and said, what can I do? Not what can I get, what can I do? And we went shopping, and we did this, and we gave away this, and toys, and all kinds of things. That's submission. How can I help? Would your boss not pass out, or would they pass out if you walked in tomorrow morning and said, You know what? Happy Monday. How can I help you today? (laughs) Really? Where's the camera, right? Do we doubt or submit? God is speaking to us. And God brings about changes in our life at at different different seasons, different times. Are we willing to doubt it or are we willing to be submissive to it? We have have an exciting sermon series. It's going to continue the next two weeks. Next week we're going to talk about the journey. Roughly between 65 and 80 miles on the back of a donkey, nine months pregnant. Can't imagine. The terrain is really smooth too. You know, rocks and mountains. On a donkey. It's not like riding in a Lincoln. So I've heard. Next week we're going to continue as. Savior is getting closer. Also for the December 23rd. Remember we we do have two services. We still have the 9 and 11. So there are people that will, will come to church with you if you invite them for Christmas. Invite them. We are going to celebrate Jesus coming to this earth. There's, a, there's going to be a couple of surprises. It's going to be a lot of fun. You do not want to miss this. Bring your family if they're in town um, and come and worship. And I hope that this week as we look at what God has for us, that we would respond like Mary as opposed to Zechariah. We can question. We can have concern. But will you say, I'm here. God, use me. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, for this scripture and the story from Luke. We thank you for his, his just uncanny ability to, to be so detail-oriented. And, God, thank you for allowing the Holy Spirit to help him write these, these, these words on pages that we can study 3,000, 2,000 years later. God, we thank you so much for, for everything that you do for us. We ask, God, that when we're looking and seeking your will, God, that we would be submissive, that we would ask you... What you want us to do. How can we help? How can we serve? God, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen.